0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio This is Unnecessary Roughness
1: You gotta score points to win You can't win without scoring points
2: Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line And gives Vegas
3: a touchdown to extend the lead
0: Unnecessary Roughness On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM Here's your boy Q
2: and here we are, Raider Nation, kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. The question that we've been throwing out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r is who are you most concerned about in this game coming up Sunday as the Chargers head to Allegiant Stadium. Hit us up with your text again, 69187 keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines from Pro Football Focus is our good friend Doug Kite. And Doug, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And you had the new rumor mill roundup. You were talking all things free agency and at the top of the free agent list when it came to guys who've earned the most money for their free agency coming up was uh, running back Josh Jacobs from the Silver and Black. And of course, we know very well what he did Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. But when you look at the body of work after being declined his fifth year option, what has Josh Jacobs done? What is he looking like in free agency? as far as you're concerned a pro football focus
3: well I mean right now he's playing like the best running back in football and I guess you could argue with you know maybe Saquon Barkley is the the higher viewed free agent in this class but I think it's pretty much neck and neck at this point Josh Jacobs has just been so good he's our top graded running back in the NFL so far this season ranks right up there and you know missed tackles forced yards after contact that's that's how you really kind of make your bones as a running back. And he's also been really good as a receiver uh, so far this season too. He, he's got his highest graded season as a receiver so far. So and he's just been fantastic. The fact that he was able to gain over 300 yards last week on a, on a bum cap it, it was it was pretty incredible to watch.
2: How much do you think it'll be affected when he hits free agency and whoever decides, if the Raiders decide to hold on to him and offer him what he wants or he goes somewhere else, how much do you think it'll be affected by what you mentioned, that there's a pretty deep class when it comes to free agent running backs?
3: I think there could be an effect there. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if the Raiders even really let him hit free agency because they could either use the transition tag on him or use the franchise tag on him. And if they had picked up his fifth-year option, he would have cost $8 million next year. Uh, if they use the transition tag, it's $10 million. So really not a, a huge difference money-wise there if they wind up using that transition tag. And if they do that, then I really wouldn't be shocked if they wound up you know, eventually signing him to a long-term contract.
2: What would you say to the folks that say, but yeah, Q, he's doing great things, but it's a contract year. Everyone plays better in a contract year.
3: I mean, I guess you could definitely say that, but he's done this before. When he was a rookie, he was really good like this as well. Obviously, he's dealt with some injuries during his career, but I mean, he was a good back in -hmm. 2020 and 2021. Not as good as he is this season, Um, and and maybe he doesn't replicate this. But you know, there's running backs making 12 million dollars a year. I do think that Josh Jacobs has proven that he can be a three-down back in the NFL and that he can. Be as valuable as those guys who are making twelve million. So, even if you you know hold on to him for ten million next year, I think that the I think the Raiders' offense just needs that type of player right now. I think it would be tough to let them walk. And I know that that's what you know the the Patriots organization has done before. And it's always smart to look at what the Patriots have done before since Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are there now. And maybe they view Amir White as being you know that type of player in the future. Maybe they wind up taking a running back in the second or third round next year. But, I don't know, it, Josh Jacobs is a known commodity right now, and, and he wouldn't necessarily have to break the bank to keep him around for at least
2: one more year. Talking right now with Doug Kite from Pro Football Focus here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Let me ask you this real quick. What do you think a reasonable, realistic contract would be for Josh Jacobs on the open market?
3: It, that's really tough to say. The Pretty much all of the best running backs are making $12 million a year. Okay. So I think that that's kind of where you have to start I'm not sure if he'd come in a little bit less than that or a little bit, you know, right on that same level. But all of the running backs who are making $12 million a year were re-signed by the teams that drafted them. I think the last player, the last running back, who hit the open market and made a ton of money was Le'Veon Bell, and that didn't go well. So I think that if the Raiders re-sign him, maybe he gets that $12 million a year mark. It's so unknown what happens if he actually hits the open market, though, because like you said, it's a really good free agent class.
2: Doug Kite is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, my man DeMond's got one for you.
0: Yeah, you just mentioned about how no running back has really hit the free market and got a big contract. If they, All the blacks that are making $12 million, they were re-signed by their current team. So with it being a good class, let's start at the top with two players that you listed in this article, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Do you think that it's realistic that they could actually hit free agency with both of these guys being such, Um, you know, High high value high value picks already first round picks for the teams that drafted them.
3: I don't think I, if I had to bet, I'd say that both of them wind up back where they are, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that the Giants have that same thing; they could use the franchise tag or the transition tag on Saquon Barkley, uh, and then try to f- figure out a long term contract after that. And I don't know. I just it feels like that's probably the way things are going with Josh Jacobs as well. I know that the Patriots in the past. Have not valued running backs, and and that's how you look at the Raiders. But I, I do think that they are handling things differently uh, so far, especially with the with Devontae Adams trade. I, I don't think the Patriots ever would have done something like that. All
0: right, and I'm not saying myself, but there's probably someone out there who doesn't know the difference between the transition tag and the franchise tag. Could you explain <laughs> that for me?
3: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, the transition tag. It, so if it, if you if you give someone the franchise tag then someone else can sign them away, but they'd have to give up a draft pick. If you give someone the transition tag, someone else can sign them away, and you don't get anything. So the transition tag comes in a little bit cheaper. Uh, For a running back, the franchise tag next year will be $12 million, and the transition tag will be $10 million. And then with
0: the cap, we all know that the cap, hey, it's supposed to expand. There's supposed to be a bigger percentage of the salary cap. So why are we not seeing, or maybe not in theory, that the running back pay should increase also
3: with the cap? Um, I mean, it's certainly possible that that could happen. I just know that, you know, running backs have kind of lagged behind monetarily on uh, on an, you know on a per year basis for what they're making. Um, really, the only one who's who's the only ones who have cracked that $12 million dollar marker is Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. And if you look at those three players, I mean, Tony yep. Pollard is actually outperforming Ezekiel Elliott right now. Yep, Alvin Kamara. I don't know. I mean, this could be his last year with the Saints just because of the suspension looming. Uh, He's getting up there in age. And then Chris McCaffrey was already traded away by the Panthers. So I think that tells you right now that it's probably not the best idea to wind up having to give running backs more than that, more than they're already making.
2: Again, we're talking with Doug Kite from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, I wanted to look at a couple other players in your piece, and one, the Raiders just played, and that's quarterback Geno Smith for the Seattle Seahawks. He's a guy, Doug, that I never thought I'd be talking about has earned the bag. But what do you think that Geno Smith has earned uh, this offseason, and is he earning it with the Seahawks, or is he playing somewhere else next year?
3: It's pretty amazing, isn't it? The fact that he's he's playing as well as he is, and the fact that he's kind of come back from really relative obscurity since 2014 Mm -hmm. the last time that he was a full-time starter uh, with the Jets that's another one where I would expect him to return to the Seahawks but I do think that he's got to finish strong because the last three games that he's played weren't as good as you know how he's performing early on in the season Uh, he's taken a little bit of a dip here so I do think that he's got to continue to play well throughout the rest of the season. But I'm not sure if another team would really take a risk on Geno Smith. I know he's playing really well, but the Seahawks know what they have there in him. I don't think that they're going to have to give him anywhere near a top-of-market contract to keep him around. And if he signs for something around, you know, what Teddy Bridgewater made in 2020, like three years, $60 million, then I think that the Seahawks could keep Geno Smith and then also potentially look to draft a quarterback to know that they have something in the future, whether that's someone like Hendon Hooker in the second round, uh, whether they, you know, climb back up and take someone like Will Levis at the end of the first round or middle of the second first round. Um, I think that there's a way to keep Geno Smith and then also have a future planet quarterback as well for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, you had a couple of quarterbacks listed in this article here. Besides about maybe three or four teams, what teams would actually be in the market for a starting quarterback next offseason?
3: Um, That's a very good question. I think that You know, the Falcons certainly uh, would be one of those teams. Uh, The Lions, though, they would be someone that would be uh, probably looking to to draft a quarterback. Uh, The Texans, another team that they could be looking to draft a quarterback. But I think that, you know, even teams that are going to be drafting quarterbacks near the top of the first round, it still could benefit them from signing a guy like Jacoby Brissett, just so that you've got some insurance there. You don't have to start a rookie right away um, or, you know, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo probably will wind up uh, being kind of a guaranteed starter next year, but yeah, I mean, just going through the list the New Saints could certainly use a quarterback. Uh, the New York Jets could use a quarterback. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, depending on what happens with Tom Brady uh, could certainly possibly use a quarterback. Washington commanders will be right back in there in, in the quarterback market, Indianapolis Colts. It's actually a sneaky uh, you know, significant amount of teams that could actually use a quarterback next
2: year. Again, we're talking with Doug Coyne from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I uh, wanted to ask you about the defensive tackles real quick. And uh, Jeron Payne in Washington is a guy that I was very interested in the Raiders, maybe thinking about during the, the trade deadline and, and making a move for him. I didn't think that Washington was going to be able to pay him and another defensive tackle as they have in uh, Jonathan Allen. But uh, what do you think Jeron Payne, do you think he gets out of D.C.? And, and what is he uh, kind of looking like on the open market?
3: Yeah, I think that he does get out of DC. I think that, like you said, it's tough to pay two defensive tackles, top dollar. Uh, certainly helps that Deron Payne is, is only 25 years old. So he's still, uh, you know, young for someone who's now played five years in the NFL, uh, finally now hitting free agency. And, uh, one thing that's big about Deron Payne is that he's really improved at the pass rush this season. He's already got 33 pressures on the season, set a career high already in sacks. So, um, he might not be, you know, top of market price. Uh, for a defensive tackle, but I could certainly see him being in that in this in that second or third tier, and you know somewhere around certainly probably double digits. Um, Devon Godshaw just signed a, a new deal with the Patriots; it's worth over 10 million dollars. Mm. DJ Reader's right around 13 million. Uh, so I'd say somewhere in that that 12 to 13 million dollar a year range for Devon Payne. I think that he'll be a popular guy in free agency.
0: Something that I want to ask you about because you mentioned the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and you also wrote about Tom Brady and about how maybe he's not degressing. Maybe it's just the team that's not as good as Tom Brady is. So, who do you think is more likely to come back next season?
3: I would probably say Brady. Um, Rodgers, it's just like it's so up in the air. Um, he's said already, obviously, they thought about retirement. Um, he hasn't really given much of an indication that he wants to come back, whereas. Tom Brady as recently as Monday was saying that, you know, he, he'd rather lose than not play at all. So I think mm-hmm. that kind of tells you where he's at right now. Um, you know, he, he, he is, uh, I wrote in the article, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but like he did get the divorce and, and I, I don't know. I mean, no one said it expli- explicitly or anything like that explicitly, but um, as far back as 2016, Tom Brady was saying that, you know, Giselle Bundchen wanted him to retire. So, now that he's divorced maybe he does you know play for a few more years here and i think that he is still playing good football his production isn't up where it used to be his grades are a little bit lower uh, but i just think that the current talent on the roster doesn't necessarily fit his skill set and i don't think the coaching is is as good as he's had in years past as well so certainly wouldn't be surprised if tom brady keeps playing but it doesn't wind up happening in tampa bay because there are some teams out there i mean the raiders if Uh, I know, I know uh, that's that's certainly a popular team for you guys, but something happens to Derek Carr next season. uh, If they wind up trading him, obviously Tom Brady's got the history there with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. And, you know, one thing that a defensive coach was telling me is that Tom Brady really likes to have a big target. He likes to have a receiving back and he likes to have that third down uh, underneath guy. And the Raiders might not have the best offensive line or defense, But they've got Devontae Adams and Darren Waller as those two big targets. They've got Hunter Renfro as that underneath third down guy. And if they keep Josh Jacobs, they've got a pretty pretty darn good third down back there as well.
0: Doug, I just want to say thank you for getting the aggregator started, man. <laughs> that whoa!
2: Thank you so much. Oh, you take it away. <laughs> no, I got 45 minutes before I'm out of here. <laughs> you just you just lit the airwaves on fire with that again. Doug Hyde is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm to say, rough. just got a couple more questions for you, and I want to get back to the defensive tackles real quick. A. Robinson, that was a guy that you mentioned. I feel like he's Getting, starting to get a little bit older in the tooth. I wanted to ask you about Javon Hargrave out of Philly. Those two guys. What do you what are your thoughts on those two da- dudes on the free agent market next season?
3: Yeah, I think I think Javon Hargrave will, will wind up being the, the more popular option out there. But yeah, Ishawn Robinson still be still solid. He he is actually still relatively young for how long that he's been in the <laughs> NFL. I think he's only twenty seven years old despite oh, the fact that he's now gonna be on his <laughs> on his third contract. Um, it's pretty amazing. since yeah. He's been in the league for what now seven years. <laughs> so he came out really young out of Alabama, uh, second round pick. He's it's it's probably you know by grade his third best season in the NFL right now. Uh, he's been really stout against the run for the Rams. He's been banged up as well, but I think that he's a guy who could wind up uh, getting paid a, a decent amount. And I think that yeah, Javon Hargrave uh, it certainly could as well. He's one of our top grade defensive tackles so far this season. Uh, another guy who's uh, you know, been in the league for a little while, but, uh, he's a little bit older. He's going to be 30 by the time that he hits free agency, but, um, he's been a productive player for a long time and, and he's one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles who's going to be hitting free agency, uh, next year. Already he has 39 pressures, seven sacks. Uh, so, I mean, teams pay for pass rush. Teams pay for guys who can yep. defend against the pass. And Javon Hargrave has been very good at that so, so far this season.
2: Final question for you. I want to go to the cornerback position, and I didn't uh, pay attention and, and see it in your in your piece or not. But is there any uh, big time corners that you feel like are going to be available on the open market?
3: Um, you know what? I haven't looked too deeply uh, into the the cornerback class so far this season. Uh, that wasn't a position that anyone you know specifically noted was going to yeah. be uh, guys who have like really helped themselves so far this season, but. Um, you know, the top guys who are out there, James Bradbury, he's having a good season so far with the Eagles. Uh, Jamel Dean going to be a free agent. Uh, he's been a solid you know, right cornerback there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Marcus Peters is going to be a free agent as well. You know, all these guys are kind of getting a little bit up there in age. Patrick yeah. Peterson as well. Uh, but there's certainly some good players out there uh, who despite the fact that they've been in the league for quite a while, could still earn some good money and can still certainly play some good football.
2: Well, you had a really good piece, and I definitely appreciate you giving us some time to talk about the free agent class. And, of course, uh, as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, we'll have a better idea on a lot of these guys. But a great way to get us started today. Doug, anything else coming out on Pro Football Focus we need to be on the lookout for? Um,
3: I'm I'm covering the the Patriots-Bills game tomorrow, so I'll have a close eye on that. Um, doing the, I'm doing a mailbag on Friday. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the PFF wire podcast. And then just uh, one more cornerback name for you guys out there. I mentioned the Patriots. Jonathan Jones is going to be a free agent. So mm. maybe he reunites with Deron Harmon in the Raiders secondary
2: next year. There you go. That's a very strong possibility. Quick question. Are you going to be heading out to Vegas for uh, that Sunday night? Well, it's Sunday night right now, football game against with the <laughs> Patriots and Raiders?
3: Uh, I will not be. I wish I was. But, uh Yeah, hopefully I get out to Vegas soon to see you
2: guys. All right. Well, when you do, man, definitely dial us up, man. We definitely appreciate you. We'd love to hang out with you.
3: Absolutely. Sounds good. It's always fun.
2: Thank you, my man. There he goes, Doug Kide, Pro Football Focus does a fantastic job. Definitely appreciate him and his efforts all the time. 4:18 is the time. Nice little early, kind of a you know sneak peek or a little behind the curtains on what free agency could possibly look at like. And uh, I love, love what he had to say about Josh Jacobs. And I'm telling you, the more and more I start to think about the free agent market for the running backs and where the most money could come from, I really feel like the most money for Josh can come from where he's at right now. And that's with the silver and black. Four eighteen is the time when we come back. You'll hear from a couple more Raiders in the Raiders locker room as we've had that sent over from Vinnie Bonsignore and Clay Baker. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: It's unnecessary roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Got a lot to get to in a little bit amount of time. I feel like I say that all the time, but, well, it's because I do. Got the injury report that's sent out by the Raiders for a Wednesday Got the Raiders and the Chargers that we'll be taking a look at. Got some sound from cornerback Nate Hobbs, who is the guy who I anticipate playing this week against the Chargers. That'll be big. Clay Baker caught up with Andre James in the Raiders locker room, so we'll hear from him. Also just got some Jakob Johnson from Vinny York, so we'll hear from him. And in between that, Adam Hill from ESPN Las Vegas and RJ will join us at 4.30. So a lot to get to. Like I mentioned, want to go over the injury report for the Silver and Black and the Chargers, and it's a pretty lengthy one. Uh, A bunch of guys limited for the Raiders. Andrew Billings with a fibula injury. Brandon Bolden with a calf injury. Josh Jacobs with a calf injury. Colton Miller with a shoulder injury, and Kendall Vickers with a back injury. If you remember last week, Kendall Vickers was actually ruled out on Saturday. So uh, at least him being limited is a good sign. Uh, Guys that did not participate, just Jesper Horstead, the tight end for the Raiders, as he's still dealing with a concussion. So there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Just got to let that concussion run its course. Guys that were full, Darian Butler dealing with the elbow injury, Derek Carr in the back, and Deron Harmon with the shoulder, all of them were full participants On Wednesday. Again, remember the Raiders did a walkthrough, so these are all estimates. As far as the Chargers go, limited. They had Nasir Adderley, the safeties, dealing with the thumb injury. Guys that DNP did not participate. Uh, Cornerback Bryce Callahan dealing with the groin injury. Derwin James, hip injury. Corey Lindsley, concussion. Uh, Khalil Mack had a rest day, so he'll be fine. Uh, Trey Pipkins the third dealing with the knee injury did not participate wide receiver Mike Williams with the an ankle injury did not participate guys that were full Mike Davis with the knees the cornerback also uh, Kenneth Murray jr with the wrist he's the linebacker and then uh, offensive lineman Jamari Saylor uh, he's dealing with the knee injury he was a full participant as well we'll get another injury report tomorrow another one on Friday and then we'll find out about 90 minutes before kickoff who's in and who's out for the Raiders and for the Chargers. One guy that everyone's expecting and hoping is able to come back. He was on IR as he uh, broke his thumb against Kansas City. That's cornerback Nate Hobbs, and uh, multiple members of the media, including Vinny Bonsignor, had a a chance to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room.
4: How would you describe these seven weeks you've had to wait from Kansas City to now this game against the Chargers?
2: Yeah, it just, just makes me really fancy to play,
5: you know what I'm saying? Watching my teammates every week go out there and lay it on the line. How hard they work week in and week out uh, just makes you want to help your teammates a lot. So I'm just great, grateful I got the op- another opportunity. Um, I mean, we talked earlier this year and kind of spoke about last year you had to play They have been training, you know, they going I'm doing whatever you got to be out there.
0: Out there. We're kind of Decision making went to the surgery, going to to
1: time. You know, pretty
5: much nice all stuff you're doing Yeah. Um, honestly, it was, it, it was something that had to take place, and if I had to do it, I was
3: going to make the better decision for my career. I something I had to do. Obviously, you've seen the Chargers a few times. Uh, what makes them difficult now that they're getting back to full strength with their
5: receiving core on offense? Uh, of course, they got an explosive offense, great quarterback. Great receiver for great running backs. So, um, that's always a challenge playing the Chargers. We always um take the challenge, you know what I'm saying? Accept it. It's always a good when playing those guys. Did they play with a with a club. Uh I did the Chiefs game, that's, that's that's about it. what makes it tricky just having
0: to pat it on your hand. Of that?
5: course it's you know what I'm saying? It's more weight, It's more baggage that come with it, which you know, I gotta make the best of what I do, I'm a competitor.
0: Nate,
6: sometimes when you get hurt, you kind of have to take a step back, and, and you're sort of forced to watch football from a different vantage point. But there can be some learning going on as well. Did you learn anything watching it from, from where you're watching? I
5: definitely got to see different perspectives, um, different, just just the way different coaches think, and you know what I'm saying, different players respond to different things from another perspective, a sideline viewpoint and a TV viewpoint. So.
3: How hard was it? I, I know you said you just kind of had to do what you had to do, but I also know you're a guy that wants to be out there under any means. You came mm-hmm. back in the Kansas City game, so when they tell you you're going to need surgery, did, did, did it take a while? For
5: Did, did you fight it at first, or, or what was that like? Yeah, uh, mentally. like It took about a day or two to adjust. Uh, I was pretty upset when I first got that news, but you know what I'm saying? I tried to control what I could control. only thing I couldn't control in that. At that time was my attitude and the way I, I approached every day. So.
0: Nate, you know, when you have injuries, of course, if it's like a leg injury or a abdominal, it's kind of hard to, you know, do anything and recover and just let it heal. But with a hand injury, you can still kind of go about your way and do things. How did you still manage to stay in shape even throughout the injury?
5: Um, you know, for for about a couple weeks, I couldn't do anything post-surgery. But after that, just stayed on my feet, you know what I'm saying? Really everything but use my left hand, everything else, uh, upper body stuff, running lower body weights everything. I just try to keep in tip-top shape, hydrate, stuff like
6: that. Do you feel like you'll be able to step in pretty seamlessly um, and get out, getting out on the field and playing an extensive period of time?
5: Yeah, I feel, definitely feel ready. Um, I've came back from, not well, not came back, but I've had to, you know what I'm saying, not play football for a long amount of time and then
2: come play football. Right.
5: You know what I'm saying, that little break we get from OTA, stuff like that. So I mm-hmm. feel pretty ready for confident in myself to come out there do what I need to do
2: there he goes. Nate Hobbs in the Raiders locker room uh, gave some pretty good, uh, good answers right there. Obviously he's antsy, he's a competitor he's a guy who wants to be out there each and every game and wasn't able to. You know, hasn't been able to play since that Kansas City Chiefs game right before the bye week and uh, he just, you know, had to have surgery on his hand and so it is what it is. He went out there and played with the club on it against the Chiefs, but that's not easy, man. It's not easy to go do that and as he said, there was a decision that had to be made. So we'll hear from Andre James in just a little while with Clay Baker in the Raiders locker room. We'll also hear from uh, uh, Jakob Johnson as Vinny caught up with him. We're going to get to Adam Hill from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas because I don't want to keep Adam waiting. So uh, let's take a quick break. Let's go ahead and uh, get Adam Hill. We'll see what his thoughts are on everything that's going on inside the Raider locker room, what he thought about what Josh Daniels had to say. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
6: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
2: Still on the way, we'll hear from Andre James in the Raiders locker room, Jakob Johnson in the Raiders locker room. That is on the way before we wrap up at 5 o'clock. Joining us now on the phone lines though from our sister station ESP in Las Vegas and of course the Las Vegas Review Journal does a fantastic job. Adam Hill and Adam, thanks so much for your time. It was great catching up with you earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center when Head Coach Josh McDaniels was speaking and I know you you just got out of the Raiders' locker room as well. Uh, Andrew Billings and Josh Jacobs talking to the media. I felt like, and I took that as a pretty good sign, that they're they're doing better than a lot of people expected at this point of the week.
7: Yeah, I think so. But first of all, before you know, we can get into the most important things, I mean, congratulations on uh, the nomination for Nevada Broadcaster of the Year, my friend.
2: <laughs> Thanks, man. And th- and, yeah. and you, too. You, too, my man. You were nominated as well for uh, Sports Writer. And so I'm sure that you'll be uh, taking that award home as well. Well, hopefully so, I take it home, but I know you will.
7: Well, you deserve to win. I don't. So I just want to say congratulations <laughs> on that. And, uh, yeah, look, I think, you know, Josh Jacobs uh, certainly seemed in good spirits. And, uh, you know, I think he – he was on the injury report last week. He was questionable, questionable to play. It didn't look like it on the field. So uh, it seems like one of those things he's going to be able to manage. And I, he said he's going to be smart about it. But, um, you know, they had a walkthrough today, so there was no grind. He said he, he he actually said it doesn't hurt at all to walk around, and that's all they did today. So um, I think that's a really good sign.
2: Yeah, no, it it is. And, and, again, for Andrew Billings as well, I think that that's a good rotation they have at the defensive tackle position. I saw the injury report he was limited with the fibula injury. But uh, how about Nate Hobbs, the guy who's itching to get back on the field? We just heard from him, as a matter of fact. Uh, do you think he's going to be a go this week?
7: I mean, it seems like it. It's, it sounds like they probably would have tried to give him a chance last week had he not gotten sick. And, you know, one of the issues is, is that they want him to practice, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's out for a while um, he still is dealing. I mean, he has a massive cast on his left hand. Still, mm. um, it's still there. I, I was just talking to him, and it was it was giant. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think they want him to get out there and just get a feel for you know playing, kind of knocking a ball down, that sort of thing. But um, I think they want him on the practice field. And last week on Wednesday, they had a walkthrough, and he participated in that. But that's just a walkthrough. And then Thursday and Friday, he wasn't able to practice because of because il- of his illness. And I think that was the bigger issue. They just want him to practice. I think um, he will play through any kind of pain. Uh, the pain's not stopping that guy. Right, uh, So, you know, I, I think it's more just they want him to get some reps and want him on the field, and they weren't able to do that last week.
2: Talking right now with Adam Hill here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, you asked the question to head coach Josh McDaniels, I do believe, about Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And to me, it felt like, and I said this earlier on the show, it felt like that because it's a short week uh, coming up against the Rams that they probably won't be activated, even if they're kind of ready to go as far as uh, able to be activated off the IR. What, what did you take away from what head coach Josh McDaniels had to say about those guys?
7: Well even when I asked the question, I knew we weren't gonna get a yes or a no right you know, on, on Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller for next week when they're eligible to play. Uh but I think he came as close to saying no as he possibly could have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean it was it was hey, that's a, it's a strange week. We play Sunday, we don't really have a practice between Sunday and Thursday, and the same as you know, the the situation with Nate Hobbs last week without being able to practice, I don't think they're fully comfortable. I think they wanna wait till a full week and you know, after the Rams game they'll have ten days. Uh, probably take a couple days off, especially if they win, and then really have a full week to ramp up. Uh, so it's, it's you know it's even extra practice, extra days. I think that's probably more the timeline that they're shooting for here.
0: Speaking, sticking with injuries, Josh Jacobs, Mister 300. We all saw like the calf injury that was reported on Friday, and he went out and had the 300 yards from scrimmage. So is that calf injury? Is it put to bed or is it still lingering a little bit for him? No, I
7: think mean he's still there. Um, like you know he was he was limited today, and I don't know uh, how much they would have done anyway. I don't. Look, I don't know that I'd give him any reps in practice this week, right. honestly. But it sounds like he wants to take a couple and, and just kind of manage it. And um, you know, sounds you know he was walking around fine. Like like I said, he he said it's no problem to walk, you know, from point A to point B or anything like that. It's not putting any uh, extra stress on him. So uh, I, I think that they'll probably manage. Or, I'm, I'm I'm sure. Training staff is all over that and, and managing and, and the best they can of you know not putting him through a full grind of practice, but um, you know he 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 played through it. And he was fine, and I, it doesn't sound like there was any uh, you know uh, aggravation of the injury during the game. And it certainly didn't look like it, <laughs> it felt anything. Where he's bursting eighty six yards down the middle of the field, so uh, I think he's he's good to go.
2: Adam, the first time that the Chargers played the Raiders back in L.A., uh, Khalil Mack basically wrecked the game, and I realized they had Joey Bosa on the other side. But how big of a concern should Khalil Mack be for the the Raiders and Raider Nation this uh, this Sunday?
7: I mean, I think a big concern. You should game plan for him and be prepared for him. But I also feel like you know the offensive line. You know, nobody's going to mistake it for you know the uh, the mid '80s Washington Redskins or. <laughs> Commanders or a football team, whatever we want to call them right now, but they were the Redskins at the time. Uh, you know, nobody's going to mistake them for for the Hogs, but uh, I, I think they've played fairly well. I think they've gelled together pretty well, especially recently. And you know, they've kind of come to a point where you know they're not—it's not a bunch of all pros. It's not you know anything that's going to blow you away if you're watching film like every single play. But I think the the sum is greater than the parts. Right. Uh, I think they've figured out a way to. You know, to not only protect the quarterback, but to open up some holes in the run game. Obviously, with what Josh Jacobs is doing, potentially on track to set a record for the franchise. So, um, I think they've been they've been pretty good, and they've certainly they're certainly much much better today than they were Week One. Um, and they're you know obviously found their roles a little bit better than they had then. So, uh, I, I think there should be concern. I think you should game plan and make sure you're chipping and doing all the extra things that you need to do against a great pass rusher. But um, I, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be able to wreck the game and, you know, don't, don't save this, but, uh, I don't know that he's going to be able to wreck the game like he did week one. I think they're a little bit better prepared for that.
2: Last time you said something like that, <laughs> I know. I'll be ready. I
7: know. <laughs> by the way, the Colts are a disaster, That's they true. are. Yes, you're but, right. But that, it's not that we were wrong that week. It was just the Raiders found a way to lose somehow. The Colts are a mess.
2: Yes, no, you're 100% right. They are an absolute disaster, and like you said, the Raiders did find a way to lose that game. And, you know, you talked about the offensive line finding their roles. Uh, for the first time, I believe, this year, uh, all five starters played 100% of the snaps. Is, is, it, is, it, is, that, is that the offensive line? Is this the finally the five that they're comfortable with? Miller on the left side, Illuminor on the right, and, of course, Parham, uh, James, and Bars in, in the middle.
7: Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, look, I don't. I don't think the results could have been any better uh, from last right. week. And you know, we, they they kind of said from early in the year, like, hey, once we find a group, and they said they weren't auditioning, but they were. Yeah. Uh, but they said once they find a group, like you know, they're they're going to be more comfortable with it, and and I think they found it, and you know, the, like I said, the results kind of speak for themselves on that. Um, I don't. I don't know that anybody knew this was going to be the exact uh mix and you know i think that individually there's some guys that have struggled at times but you know they work together well and they seem to have you know pieced something together i think the system helps um you know i I think this is a a, an offensive system that has been effective uh over the years and uh they're you know they're figuring it out so i i feel like this is what they wanted of course the last couple weeks they've had some injuries there that have prevented them from having that group together but uh they seem pretty comfortable
0: in your most recent piece on Vegas Nation, you were tracking when the Raiders were two and seven, they would have had the second overall pick. Now at four and seven, they would have the ninth pick in the draft. Are you going to continuously track the team's wins and see where they're going to correlate when it comes comes to the upcoming draft?
7: Well, you're going to have to ask my editors, but uh, yes, <laughs> uh, I've, been, I've been assigned. I've been assigned to do that every week, and uh, that was not you know that's not a project that I came up with. That was just hey, let's track this and see where they are because I think people are interested in where potentially they would draft and. Look, it's relevant for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's relevant even if you're the best team in the league where yeah. you're drafting uh, next year. But certainly when playoffs aren't mo- the most likely ending for your season, uh, you start looking ahead to the draft. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's important to kind of track some of those guys. And I think it's really, you know, it's fascinating what, what the plan might be today as compared to what the plan might be on draft day, which could be totally different. And, um, you know, some guys might, play so well that you blow up your draft spot and don't pick where you thought you pick and then they don't get to pick your replacement at that spot which is an interesting part of this as well uh but yeah you're gonna you're to keep tracking them and look it's the, the Raiders are still mathematically alive you know I saw a graphic yesterday that had them out officially and that's not true they're alive um if they lose this week their chances go down to about one percent or a little less than one percent uh if they win they go from about five percent to about seven percent. So it's still a huge long shot, and if they win the next three games, uh, even if they go on a three-game winning streak, which would put them in a five-game winning streak, their chances of making the playoffs would still be around 26%. Man. So it's not <laughs> that likely that the season ends in a playoff berth. It's not impossible, right. but it's not likely. So the draft is something that certainly is uh, on the horizon.
2: Could you imagine what the conversation would be like if they go and win the next three? Can you imagine how the airwaves will be hot? I'll tell you what, it'll be a lot different than when they lost the, the three in a row. It'll be a whole sure. different well, conversation.
7: And, <laughs> and, and look, I mean, look, it's not it's not un, out of the realm of possibility. It's not even that unlikely. I mean, this is essentially a pick-em spot against the Chargers. The Chargers are a two-point favorite. And then you're playing a Rams team that, uh, I don't know if you saw the graphic today, of the amount of money that is out for the Rams this week. It's like $150 million of salaries out of this game wow. for the Rams, and, and they play the Raiders on a short week, so most likely a lot of those guys will be out again. Um, you know, it's, a, it's a mess down, down in L.A. too, so that's a very possible win. And then you come home for New England, and it will be a very emotional game. Uh, New England's really good, but that's not an unwinnable game either. So could they win the next three and have a five-game winning streak? Sure. That right. doesn't mean that they're going to make the playoffs, but it would be a pretty wild story.
2: No, I really would. It would. It would make. Uh, it would make the radio a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. Just talking about everything that could potentially happen. Again, we're talking with Adam Hill from uh, the R.J. VegasNation.com, Las Vegas Review Journal, and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, as far as the the playing time goes, going back to Seattle, I noticed that Amika, Amik Robertson only played about four snaps, and Tyler Hall he was activated and put to the uh, the active roster, so he's there now. Uh, Sam Webb got some extra burn. Do you think that they're just continuing to evaluate, or is there something? that you saw with a that only put him there for four defensive snaps
7: yeah I'm not, I'm not sure uh on the meek really I, I think part of it is Tyler Hall earning it and I think we saw uh we saw the, the belief that they have in him by the fact that they moved him to the active roster with Anthony averett going uh uh-huh. on injured reserve uh they believe in this kid and and I'll tell you this uh the, today was the first real extensive conversation I've had uh with Tyler Hall talked to him for about uh a little over ten minutes actually and um, what a what a great kid. Just uh his his attitude, his mentality, his approach. Um, just really uh a word that Josh Daniels used today was mature. Yeah. And you talk to him, and you're like, Yeah, for sure. Like that that's definitely one of the first words you come away thinking about about him and you know, he understands, you know, the task at hand and he understands what it is to prepare every single week when you're on the practice squad, not only from this year, but the last couple of years with different organizations and I think he's earned his way into this spot and you know, one of the things he said when I, I kind of said to him, Hey, what do you how do you balance kind of celebrating the the fact that you're on the active roster with, you know, knowing that it's it's business as usual and you're going forward and he said, There's there's nothing accomplished. He's like I've prepared every week like I'm on the roster, uh, prepared every week like I'm gonna play, and now that's the same this week and so nothing changes for me. Uh I think that he's just earned this opportunity and I don't know that it's anything necessarily against a meek. I mean, look, Sam Webb got some got some snaps this week and he Didn't play well at all last week, and it it was, you know, a case where Denver was kind of attacking him for a while. So, um, you know, I I think this is more just trying to find different guys, giving some guys a chance, but giving guys chances that earn them. You're not just throwing them out there to say, hey, what can he do? It's guys that have earned them during the week, and they're rewarding them.
2: Right, no doubt. Well, it should be interesting to see what it looks like this upcoming week uh, with the Chargers coming to Allegiant Stadium. Adam, what are you working on, man? What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for?
7: Dude, I don't even know. Ah. Uh, trivia trivia night tonight, that's big. i going to try to win another trivia title. And uh, yeah, I got a Tyler Hall story coming tomorrow. And uh, hopefully a uh, Chandler Jones feature coming up on the weekend.
2: There you go. There you go. What about soccer? What about the World Cup, man? I know you're into that.
7: Bro, well, first of all, the 2 a.m. game's over, which kind of makes me sad. I love the 2 a.m. Uh, matchups. Uh, Germany has a big match tomorrow. I was just talking to Jakob Johnson about that. So uh, we will see. If Germany does not win, they are out. Ooh. And even if they win, there's a possibility they might be out. So there'll be a lot of mocking of uh, Jakob Johnson tomorrow.
2: How's our friend Cassie Soto doing with Mexico not being in anymore? Is she okay? I uh,
7: I got I got some very sad pictures from her and her fiance today <laughs> of uh, of not winning. And by the way, I was I was very much cheering for Mexico today. I I thought it would have been great if they would have moved on, and they would moved on seven straight World Cup. So it sucks that that streak is over. They were close. They gave it a good effort, but uh, just fell short.
2: Did they they fire their guy right afterwards as well? God, I mean, I I
7: assume that was going to happen. I didn't see it officially. We were uh, we were in the Raiders' locker room, so I haven't checked uh, too much news, but um, yeah, I, I thought that was probably going to happen if they didn't if they didn't qualify.
0: That's USA funny. winning on Saturday.
7: Here's the thing: play for the draw. I think I think now that we're in the knockout stages, uh, you know, if you go through 120 minutes, you go to a shootout. And I think the US will have a very very good chance if they get to shootouts with any of these countries. So I'm saying play for the draw, win the shootout.
2: There it is. There it is. There's the advice of Adam Hill from the RJ at Adam Hill LVRJ on Twitter. Thank you so much, Adam. We appreciate you. Yep, anytime. There he goes. Adam Hill providing the the deets on all things Raiders and – Hitting us with a little World Cup. See how we do? See how we do? tomorrow. we go a little World Cup on you here. Cause neither one of us have any idea what we're talking about. Oh, when it comes speak World for Cup. yourself,
0: Q. I mean. You don't have man, a clue, man. Put a little whiz over here.
2: You don't know nothing. You can't even spell whiz, man. Don't tell me that. You can't even spell whiz. 445 is the time. We'll whiz through this next break and we'll come up. We'll get some, uh, we'll get some good sound from the Raiders Locker Room. That's coming up next as we close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
2: And here we are, just a few minutes left in the show, and we just got enough time to close it out strong, and we're going to do that. Clay Baker sent over Andre James just a couple minutes from him in the Raiders locker room. We also have Jakob Johnson. Vinny Bonsignor was able to catch up with him. So let's go ahead and jump into some uh, Andre James, the Raiders center with Clay Baker.
3: So what's it like watching Josh's success knowing because the offensive line's doing all the great blocking?
2: Oh, it's, it's
1: awesome to see him, you know, do his thing. you you got to see the progress of like all the progress he's made through these uh, through years he's been here. And now it's finally, you know, really starting to come together. And, You know, we're just happy to be a part of it and have someone like that run the ball behind us.
3: What was it like for you, though, to also see, like, uh, Seattle lining up? And there was a point, like, was there a point in the game where you could see where, like, they were starting to soften against the run?
1: (laughs) Uh, You know what? They have a really good run defense. We knew, uh, you know, some of those runs were going to go for not as big as they were going to go. You know, later in the game, so we just kept trying to pound it and know that that dam was going to break eventually. The last
2: two weeks, what's it been like? Because that's kind of a
1: confirmation for all the hard work. It's been nice. It's been awesome. It's you know, as offensive lineman, you, you can be able to hang your hat on being able to run the ball. You know, that's what every offensive lineman wants to do, and it's 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 awesome that the coaches are calling it, and it's amazing that you have someone like Josh, be, you know, back there running it the way he, he is. So that's great. Why do people take your phone, dude? That's not I don't right. know. You know, I'm taking Jermaine's phone. He always takes something of mine, and now we're going to take something of his. And he just likes to play these
2: games. He's like a little weasel.
7: It's World Cup. Yeah. That's what he yeah, is. I think he's still man. salty
2: about the tie. He's still salty about the tie. <laughs> Thanks, got. man. There he goes, Clay Baker and uh, Andre James in the Raiders locker room talking about uh, you know blocking for Josh Jacobs and what he's able to do, and you know to continue to. to, to to get that push, man, and that's the one thing I got to give this Raiders offensive line a lot of credit for. They're not the best when it comes to pass blocking; they're doing better, and they did well on Saturday or Sunday, excuse me. But man, what they've been able to do as far as blocking for the run game has been really good throughout the course of the season. It really has, and that's something that, if you remember early on last season, remember when Josh Jacobs Demond said to us, even in the in the post game presser, well, "Y'all see it? What y'all want me to do?" Yeah, I think he said, where y'all want me to go? Right, exactly. (laughs) They just went early on, there was no holes. Right, and then until they went on that four-game winning streak at the end of the season, that's really when the run game started to open up, and that's because, well, the offensive line was able to handle their business. So you got to give a lot of credit. Again, Colton Miller doing his thing. Uh, Dylan Parham, the rookie, doing his thing. Andre James, you just heard from him. Alex Bars, he was the, actually the highest-graded uh, offensive lineman from Pro Football Focus. And Jermaine Illuminor, Mr. Mr. Penalty, you know, I know uh, Slow Jam James, that's his guy, uh, but he did well. He's done really well, and he's been holding it down at that position, and then whenever Thayer Munford is asked to come in and be that sixth guy, he's able to do that. Another guy who's doing a great job blocking, he's not going to get a lot of action, is fullback Jakob Johnson. He's a guy that doesn't have a career carry. He hasn't caught any passes. He's dropped put a couple on the ground so far when the Raiders try to get it to him, but he's able to blow up some holes and allow Josh Jacobs to have that that little wiggle spot to uh, to go ahead and break a big one. And as we saw, Josh did that as he closed out the game on Sunday for Seattle. So here's Jacob Johnson in the Raiders locker room. You know, I watched that
6: uh, Josh run, six yard run, like, at least 25 seconds. <laughs> and the thing that I kept thinking about as I was watching is what you guys always talk about, just do your job. Yeah. And if one guy doesn't do their job right there, maybe it's an eight-yard game yeah, or a six-yard yeah. game. But everybody do their yeah. job, and it goes for 86. Is that kind of the message that you guys are trying to uh, deliver here? A hundred percent,
4: man. I mean, this is what we, uh, we've we been talking about all camp, uh, all, all, all season, where we we had these these losses early in the year. Um, just getting back to everybody, everybody doing what they have to do on, on every play consistently. And uh, you know we know we know we have special guys that that can make plays with the ball in their hand. And um, you know we just got to work hard to put them in a the position to do that.
6: The fact that it went for 86 yards as a walk off. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, when you're when you're teaching something like that and trying to deliver a message, how good of a message can that be? You know what I'm saying? Like that's the perfect example. I, I
4: mean, you, know, you know the best way to learn yeah. is like it's like when you touch a, a hot plate as a kid, you know, when you get in trouble in school for the first time, you get a whooping. It's like the best way to learn is, is, is by doing, you know, and uh, I think we, we're just, uh, you know, in, in, in the learning process, we're, we're a step further. Uh, we still have a lot, a lot of things to clean up. A lot, long way to go. But uh, I think as long as we can keep improving week to week, you know, we're we're headed in the right direction.
6: Last question: now, There were some times where this team could hang their head, you know, mm-hmm. but they never got a sense that that was happening yeah. during some of the you know rougher moments. Why is that? What, what does that say, or, and what does that say about this team? Uh,
4: I, th- I think it just speaks to the, the kind of character uh, of, of guys that we have in, in this team. You know, uh, it's like they're saying adversity reveals character. Um, and I, I think we, we faced a lot of adversity, and, and I think a lot, of, a, a lot of character has been revealed already, you know. Uh, I think we have guys that, that are willing to fight it out and, uh, and grit their teeth and, and, and get on with it and, and still have find ways to, to have fun with it, right? Like, we, we all love this game of football, and, and that's what we're here to play. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get, I get to play football with all these guys because they, they make it fun. Even though everything obviously didn't go the way that we mm-hmm. planned it, uh, it's still a lot of fun, I think we have a, a lot to look forward to.
2: There you go, Jacob Johnson, Vinny Bonsignor in the Raiders locker room. Good stuff. I mean, man, we got Andrew Billings, Josh Jacobs, Nate Hobbs, Andre James, Jacob Johnson. I mean, what else do you really want? <laughs> right? I mean, to be able to get that kind of uh, access into the Raiders locker room, that was cool uh, for a Wednesday. Definitely appreciate all the efforts from Vinny and Clay and Heidi sending all that over to us so we can get that on the air and get that in your ear holes. So we definitely appreciate them. We also appreciate Ryan but uh, Believe Podcast Network, LA Football Network as well. Got us kicked off talking all things Chargers. Paloma Villacano from Fox 5 Sports. Caught us up on all things we need to know when it comes to UNLV. Doug Kide from Pro Football Focus talked all things free agency, talked a lot of Josh Jacobs with him, and then we just heard from Adam Hill as well from uh, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and the Review Journal. So, uh, man, tons, and I mean tons, on today's show. We definitely appreciate all our guests and most importantly, Radio Nation, we appreciate all the feedback from you. 702 365 9200 and also the Dollar Loan Center. Don't be com Text line 69187, keyword RNR. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinny Bossignor. Clay Baker will be uh, kicking off week 13 of the NFL season tomorrow night as he'll be at Chickies and Pizza side of the Sahara, Las Vegas. We'll tell you a little more about that tomorrow as we do it here on Radio Nation Radio 920.